NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of As You Know with myself, Aaron Crocker, Everham. Today, I'm going to chat with Bernie Stubgen, the owner of the Indy Race Parts number 71, the owner of Indy Race Parts, and the crew chief of the race car, the, a track promoter, a man of many hats, uh, but someone I feel like kind of stays behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know Bernie a little bit better, and um, we'll sit down with him here in just a minute. Perfection isn't easily achieved. It takes hard work, dedication, and perseverance. Through their commitment to excellence, Sage Fruit Company has been supplying customers with the best tree fruit in the Pacific Northwest for over three generations. They work hard on the farm, in the packing facilities, and with their retail partners to provide consistent, high-quality apples and pears all year long. Look for Sage Fruit at your local grocery. So Bernie, tell us a little bit, uh, we're going to go way back to the beginning. How did you get involved in racing? I think you had a dad and uncle that race, but talk about your, your early, early years in racing. Uh, well, so I, uh, I grew up, I'm from Western Pennsylvania. I grew up probably seven miles or so from Lernerville Speedway. And, uh, so I got interested in going to the sprint car race or dirt track racing there, but my dad did drag race. Um, actually before I was born, he did do some drag racing. My uncle did some motocrossing and whatnot. So kind of was in the family racing, whatnot. My uncle raced at Lernerville, um, a little bit here and there. And, uh, and so that's, that's just, uh, I guess it sparked the interest, uh, 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 whenever I was a kid. And you actually raced for a while too, right? Yeah, I actually, I did race, uh, I raced micro sprints in Pennsylvania, um, uh, 270s at Linda's and Hill Valley and all the micro tracks, um, and then started a micro, I quit racing and started a micro business, um, and then uh, uh, I moved to, uh, I moved to Indianapolis in 96 and raced a little bit here, but then um, just, I don't know, money-wise or whatever, lost interest in it. So going back a few steps, um, what got you interested in starting a, a business or a part supply business and getting away from the, the driver's seat? Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I probably looked at it more as the financial side of it is uh, I could, yeah. uh, I could uh, sell parts and still go to the races and make a living or try making a living at it and whatnot. And, and not, so to say, spend money um, trying to race and, always being broke and trying to beg, borrow and steal or whatever you have to do to get to the racetrack. 
Yeah, yeah, we know racing's not a cheap sport. So you started a business first in Pennsylvania, and then you moved it to Indy, or did you start a whole nother business when you moved to Indy? Nope, I actually, uh, I sold that business in, uh, when I moved here in 96, I sold the business at the beginning of 97, and, uh, and then uh, moved here, and I worked for Corey Phillip at Advanced Racing Suspensions, um, and I worked for him for uh, many years. Um, and then, uh, then I started Indy Race Parts in 2002, just as a little side project in the evenings, I would sell race car parts or whatnot, and still worked for Corey for a whole, like another year till 03. And then it became a little bit more busier and more busier. So I was like, well, I got to make a decision. And so I, uh, I left uh, advanced and, and have uh, been here full time since then. Well, I know we have a, a lot to talk about today. I want to get into the, the race team and uh, your role as a crew chief and team owner, but I do want to talk about the business for a little bit uh, at first. What is it like to be in the racing parts supply business? I know there's a lot of ups and downs. It depends on how uh, the racing industry is doing. And certainly the last few years going through the pandemic had to be a little bit crazy. And even now I know there's you know parts supply issues and, and <laughs> trying to get products um it's uh yeah i mean yeah obviously there's issues on getting certain things and and you just i mean unfortunately you just train yourself as i always want to sell if somebody wants a part i want to find the part i want to sell them the part that's just that's how it works and uh you just have unfortunately you just train yourself now and you just tell them hey i don't have it and i i I feel as though I try and get along with everybody. I'll send them to somebody else, you know, to whoever, you know, whatever other company there is. I'll tell them, hey, this guy might have it or that guy might have it because I don't and I can't tell you when I'm going to get it. But that being said, it's it's crazy. And in 2021, um, this past year, that was my best year I've ever had in sales. And you really? just you think, well, yeah, and you think like, you know, I. I'm a Hoosier tire dealer and I sell a lot of tires, but last year for the first four months, I sold a lot of tires. And then I don't want to say they shut me off, but obviously the, the distributor became struggling to get tires. So my, my tire sales went to a fourth of what I would normally do from uh, April until, uh, until the end of the year. And as I, I lost out on that income, but it was still my best year that I've had um, in, in 20 years of being in business. Wow, that says a lot for short track racing. I feel like all of us sprint car people and midget, whatever form of short track racing you want to talk about, there's a resurgence. It's coming back strong. Obviously, it's been good for your business, but even for your passion in the sport, how cool has that been for you to see um, sprint cars getting so much attention, the crowds that we were having at these big races nowadays? Oh, it's great. I think like, you know, uh, uh, I've taken Buddy out uh, to central Pennsylvania for these first since the icebreaker and then those races. And it just uh, it floors me how many people are actually there. And obviously the weather has been OK, but it's still a little chilly. And, you know, this past weekend we're at Lincoln and they're calling for rain and we're trying to figure out where we're going to uh, Brad that works with me. We're trying to figure out where we're going to go drink a beer on Saturday night because we know we're not going to race, but we have to go to the racetrack because they're still they're still racing and then it pours down rain and so me and brad are betting hey who's buying dinner he's saying they're canceling i'm saying they're racing and then they race and i'm like there's a, there's a crap load of people here and it's miserable weather it just is uh it's uh it's really badass that that there's that much support for it 
Yeah, we had Bud, uh, Buddy on the show on Tuesday, and he talked about, especially the PA fans, how uh, crazy and supportive they are. But going back to the business side again, you mentioned tires, and that's something even us for our small little Wing Nation show we do, people ask us like, hey, we heard that the tires are a real issue. What's going to happen in the next few months? Do you have any insight into, I mean, obviously being a Hoosier deal, you probably know a little bit more about it. Is there going to be a serious issue later on the season, or do you think everything will work itself out? Unfortunately, I do feel as though there is going to be an issue. Um, the people probably aren't supposed to know this, but I try and tell people I share stuff. My wife tells me I share too much information. <laughs> we like um, that on podcast, though. It's all good. Yes. Um, but uh, I believe April 1st, there's another price increase from Hoosier um, that nobody really knows about. Uh, and I do believe, I, well, I just saw that they uh, just canceled Devil's Bowl 305 uh, Nationals for this coming weekend due to tire shortage. Um, you know, so I, I feel as though, you know, and, and I tell guys, I'm like, Hey, I'm just telling you wherever you can buy tires or whatever you need to buy tires, because later on down the road, it's going to be tough to buy tires. So we tried to buy some, uh, we bought some tires on Friday, but they would only allow us two right rears and two left rears at Williams Grove. Um, wow. you know, so, I mean, I just think that, uh, you know, you would think that the, probably at the end of the day, the world of outlaws will maybe not like get cut on on tire issues but um local racing i feel as though could uh, you know and and my problem is is like i i told people that it really could turn into a big problem if i show up at a race and i have a brand new right rear on and i got another one in the trailer but the next three guys next to me they don't have an opportunity to buy a new tra uh, or a new tire because there aren't any available and i'm like you opened yourself up for a really big can of worms of you know like well I can't compete because I don't have a new tire, but he, and I can't race with him because he has a new tire. I don't, and I don't really know what the, the, the resolve would be for that, but I think that that could arise as an issue. Gosh, that seems like a really sticky situation. If you, if you think about that, I mean, I I'm so far removed from, from sprint cars, like actually racing. Are there any other manufacturers that still make a decent tire? Do you think anything will open up uh, if they have to? the problem is, is I think American racer makes a tire that could be competitive. And, and, uh, uh, when I went to Australia with geo, uh, a couple, three years ago, we actually ran American racers and won. we actually won a, a race and, uh, and we're competitive the whole time we were there on American racers. And I think American racer makes a good tire, but they, their problem is, is that they're a spec tire for Australia. So therefore their number one inventory concern is that everything goes in a container and goes to Australia. Gotcha. So, you know, in Goodyear, I, I don't know that they would be interested. I always liked Goodyear's. When we ran Goodyear's, I thought they were a good tire. I just, I think that it, it comes down to more of a material um, uh, issue than anything. Yeah, well, that's certainly going to be interesting to watch how the series will manage it and how the, the local tracks will, will manage it. Yes, yes. So I guess moving to the race team side, when did you first start your sprint car team, uh, the, the 71 car? Um, so I opened business in February of 02. And then uh, I became real good friends with Damian Gardner from the West Coast. And he was, uh, he was a wing guy, but he was going non wing racing. And, um, and so in 03, um, I just I threw out there, I said, Hey, you want to try and put a car together, go run some, you know, some USAC races in the Midwest. So we uh, borrowed a motor from Tony Smiley and, um, and then just, you know, got some help from here and there and whatever, and, uh, and, uh, went and raced. I think the first race we ran was, uh, 
a May race at, at Eldora. And uh, Damien raced the night before Paris, and I think he won. Then he flew back here, and we went, and uh, and that's when we started racing. Uh, and I ran non-wing. I ran non-wing probably, I don't know, off and on um, up until 09, I believe. And then uh, me and Tom Book, we... Uh, uh, McMahon was looking for a ride for the nationals and, uh, and he, so he gave me a motor and I built a car and, uh, and that was the first year. Oh, nine was the first year, um, that I ran a wing car. And obviously we made the nationals. The first time I went there, we made the nationals and I was like, well, hell, this is easy. I'm just going to go wing racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. The first time I went to Knoxville, I made the A main too. And it wasn't mm -hmm. pretty after that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it has its moments yeah yeah for sure so uh, i didn't really know how involved you were with the the car and setup itself until i've talked to some of the drivers that you've worked with just because again i'm kind of removed from it living north carolina now i make it to the nationals and only a few races each year but sure, a lot of the drivers sure. that have driven for you speak really highly of you as a crew chief and i don't think mm -hmm. a lot of people know that i think people see you as a business owner and the car owner or, or maybe i'm mm -hmm. My perception uh mm -hmm. but that's really neat so you you are the crew chief on the car i mean buddy kofoy the other day considered you one of the most elite crew chiefs out there um mm -hmm. just talk about being a, a crew chief in in that part of it the the passion for um watching the car fixing it talking to the the drivers and, and making the changes oh it's just uh it obviously is a to me it's a um whenever you have a good night, it's just fulfilling. Like, you know, cause obviously we're, everybody goes to the racetrack and sprint car racing, everybody goes to win. And then, you know, like a Dennis Roth, for example, obviously he's not down there getting dirty, cranking weight into a car, whatever. He hires people to do that, which is great. I mean, that's all part of the scenario. I, on my behalf, on, for me, I don't have that opportunity to be able to afford to pay a crew chief. So I had to teach myself how to make it go around the racetrack and then and now this year uh brad alexander's helping me and brad came from donnie Schatz's team from last year and so it makes it nice because usually everything is on my shoulders i got to make all the calls whenever geo drove for me it actually was just me and geo so i did all the driving to the racetrack and from the racetrack i made all the calls but geo's good that you know he could give you good feedback or whatever um and so it just uh it just is a uh, like everybody thinks I, I have had people all oh, he must cheat because he's fast every night and they have he's uh, goes with different drivers or whatnot and uh, and I just I chuckle because that makes me feel good that people think that I would have to cheat to be able to be competitive every night and I tell everybody hey you can check anything you want to it's open book you can go in the trailer and check everything I don't care doesn't make any difference to me I have nothing to hide um, but yeah I mean it's just uh, it, it makes me feel good that I can be competitive with different drivers, you know, and, and working with Buddy this year so far has been really cool. He's just a, he's a really good kid and, uh, and he gives really good feedback. And, um, and uh, you could tell, uh, it, it's funny, me and Brad were standing in the grandstands on uh, uh, Saturday night at Lincoln up on the, at the end of the front straightaway. And, and uh, Buddy, you know, we lost a spot to Brett Marks at the beginning and then he battled around, battled around and, and uh, uh, Danny Dietrich used us up a little bit on a slider, but then Buddy oh. repaid him and used him up. And, uh, <laughs> and so they battled back and forth and, and, and then uh, uh, Brent got past uh, Dietz and we immediately passed Dietz and, uh, and we were probably, I don't know, six or eight car lengths behind and, and Buddy immediately drove up on his, uh, on his rear end. And uh, 
I said to Brad, I said, man, I don't think that you could drive that car into the corner any harder than what Buddy is right now. And I was like, I said, that just shows you like he, he just does it. He's not giving up. Like he is 110%. I'm going to try and win this thing or, or wear it out. And, you know, and I, I tell him all the time, I tell people all the time, not that it's something that I want to happen, but um, I tell people, Hey, they build these things every day. As long as you don't get hurt and you're driving forward and this thing gets ripped in half, unfortunately, it just is what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to ask you too, like we're going back to the crew chief thing you drove and that certainly seems even in stock cars or whatever form of motorsports, it seems like to really help to, to be, to have driven and to understand what the driver's feedback is. Like when a buddy or geo comes in and tells you what they're feeling, you understand it, you get it. I, I'm certainly thinking that helps as a crew chief, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I, I actually, what Damien drove for me. And then the second year in 04, uh, I had a young kid working for me and he says, Hey, they're renting Paragon. Um, you should take your car down and drive it around. And I'm like, ah, I don't need to do that. So I actually ended up taking my sprint car down there and I drove it myself. And then I decided I would race it. Uh, so I raced it a couple of times at Paragon non-wing, but I, I do truly believe I, I chuckle because I'm partners with Scott wrong. Um, he's like, we promote races together and stuff like that. And Scott's always on uh, Parker price Miller's ass about, well, you should have this, or you should have that. And I always tell Scott, Hey, how about we strap you into a car and you go out there and make some laps and show us how it's done. And then I'm going to blaze a car past you at a hundred mile an hour. And you tell us how it goes. And, uh, He's like, well, that's not what I get paid to do. I get, I get paid to, you know, do my business and whatnot. And I'm, I supply this ride for Parker and whatnot. And I'm, and I always tell everybody that sitting in the grandstands, well, I, for example, whenever Damien was driving for me, we were racing at, at Hopstot and we sit quick time and he's out there and he's like eight car lengths behind the whole field lining up. And I'm like, what the heck is he doing? Why is he doing that? So they drop a green flag and he drives to the front and, and we win the heat race by a half a lap or so. And, uh, and, uh, and then that following year, I drove, uh, I drove my sprint car and I called Damien that night. He was at Paris and I'll never forget. I called him that night on my way home from the races. And I said, Hey, when you drive for me, I'll never, ever question anything that you're doing. As I said, uh, I said to him, I'm like, Holy crap. That's a, that's a whole different sensation out there whenever you're following all those cars. And I said, basically, I'm telling you, you people are idiots. They're out there on the racetrack. I said, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But yes, I do. I do. Uh, I do believe that, that having experience, you know, um, behind the wheel helps you understand what uh like sometimes i did explain to buddy on saturday afternoon uh, uh before we went to lincoln i said sometimes your terminology is a little bit different than what i'm used to from other people so i said like i have to decipher out exactly what you're feeling because what you're explaining to me is this way like i think I, i'm thinking we're like an f1 or something like how you're trying to explain something <laughs> what is he talking about understeer and oversteer Oh, uh, I don't even remember what it was, but he came in, uh, he came in from, uh, he came in at Williams Grove and after the feature and, and I asked him, I said, man, I said, we weren't very good. Did we lose a balance? And he's like, well, and, and I actually don't know what word it was because it was way over my head. Uh, <laughs> but I just was like, I just walked away because I was confused and, and then we were sitting there waiting and I said to Brad, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know exactly what he was feeling because I don't know what that terminology is. And Brad's like, yeah, I'm not sure what that was either. So we, ha we, have, to, we have to work through that. Power isn't born. It's built over time. For over 65 years, Hercules Tires has been providing the muscle to move more drivers. 
whatever the vehicle, whatever the terrain, and we back it with a powerful protection plan. So wherever the road or the trail takes you, we have the selection, value, and strength to get you there. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. That's funny. You talked about people accusing you of cheating and doing things, you know, maybe differently that you're fast every time out. Are there things that you do that are innovative? I mean, you, when you're racing part-time, you might have the, the, I mean, I know you're busy full-time, but racing part-time, you might have the time to, to work on some parts and try some experimental things. You're not really running for points anywhere. Are there things that you try to do differently or do you kind of just stick to the, the, the basics and go out there and you just have a great combination going? Yeah, I just make it simple. It's like yeah. it's like I tell you know Ricky Warner and Swank and all those guys. I'm like, you guys get paid to be crew chiefs, so you yeah. can tinker and like redefine things in the shop and measure and whatever, whatever. And I I tell them I'm like my I got to make mine as simple as can be because if I try and trick something out yeah. and then I go to the racetrack and I struggle, well then now I'm lost. So now yeah. I got to have a crutch to go here and a crutch to go there, whatever. <laughs> I said, you know, that's what Brad said to me when he came to help me. He's like, well, what do you do here? We're there. And I'm like, oh, I just, you know, whatever this, that, whatever. And he's like, well, well, that's pretty easy. And I'm like, yeah, I said, it has to, well, I could, a couple of years ago with me and Gio won at Williams Grove the next day, um, Warner says to me, he's like, Hey, how, you know, what'd you have here? How'd you have this? Or how was your shock? And, and I laughed and I told him, I said, well, I haven't checked the gas pressure in my shock in two years. So I'm not really sure exactly where they're at. Yeah, he, he didn't like, believe he, he didn't believe yeah. me. And he's like, well, there's no way. And I'm like, I don't have time to check that gas pressure. That's a whole nother job. And I don't have time to do it. So I said, I haven't checked them in two years. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Your list of drivers, I mean, we've talked about Buddy and Geo, but you've had Paul McMahon in the car. You've had great success with Shane Stewart. There's a whole line of drivers, but almost every driver you've had in the car is 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 very talented. How does that come about? Is that you handpicking them? Are they looking for opportunity? Like, it, it just seems like you, the combination you put together with really any driver is a good one. Uh, I actually laugh because uh, everybody always in the, you know, it gets to the end of the year and, and whoever drove for me usually is going somewhere else or whatever. And everybody, oh, what are you doing next year? And I always laugh and I, I always tell them, oh, well, I just wait until, but, you know, May or so whenever a good driver gets fired and he needs to pick me up. And I'm like, hey, here I am. You want to come drive for me? We can go, we can go run some races. Joey Saldana, for example, he's driving yeah. a 17 car. He gets fired and he's quitting. I'm not racing sprint cars anymore. And, and he's being Debbie Downer. And, and I said, well, here, I said, if you want to, we'll just go to Wayne County and try it and see what happens. And so he shows up, puts a seat in, we go to Wayne County and we win the first night out. And he's like, uh, he says to me, he goes, man, he goes, you can't believe how awesome this is. He goes, I just, I didn't think I could win anymore. And I'm like, and, and I told somebody the other day, you know, I said, uh, I said, I could take Joey out of retirement and probably win an all-star show when the first, uh, within the first five times we raced. That's I awesome. said, these guys don't forget how to, to, to race. You know, Shane, Shane last year huh? hadn't driven, you know, since whenever, uh, since uh, Charlotte the year before, actually we went to BAPS um, and he shows up and almost wins at, uh, at I-70, you know, and he's like, man, he goes, I didn't think that it would be that easy. And, and I obviously, I, I'm not an arrogant person whatsoever, but I just chuckle and I say, ah, it's all car, not driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a neat combination because obviously you have great equipment and you're a great crew chief, but you're getting these guys when they're not running for points. And some of them are, are running a part-time schedule or lost a ride. And it's almost like they've mm -hmm. got something to prove. So it seems to really work for you. 
Yes, it, uh, it always makes it – whenever a guy gets fired, uh, Jerry Russell always <laughs> told me, you want to get that guy that just got um, fired or his chick just kicked him to the curb or his uh, motorhome uh, his motorhome uh, uh, bill is due or his uh, payment's due. He goes, those are the guys that you'll go win with. There's something to be mm -hmm. said for that. You talked about um, Dennis Roth before and not having the ability to just put a car on the road. Is that something you would like to do? Or, or do you like the operation that you have that you can go when you can and you can work together? Or is there a dream of having a team that's on the road full time? Uh, I, I'm actually teamed up with Leighton Crouch from uh, from Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm building him. Uh, uh, we, currently, I'm building him a World of Outlaw team. Um, oh, okay. we, we would actually be probably racing that's what buddy would actually be driving but with some of the going back to the waiting for stuff we're still waiting for some more maxim frames to show up i said there's no sense in us jumping in and and running a couple races and, and crashing a car and then we don't have the stuff to go to keep on going yeah. um so i am starting a world of outlaw team for Leighton. we're waiting on uh we did get a new kenworth we have a new t and e trailer coming um supposedly april 28th is when it's supposed to be done but i would be surprised um <laughs> so we are we are uh, we i am going that direction that's brad alexander actually gets paid by layton um he just has been going with me because i just i told him uh, i told layton i said well we might as well run the 71 car and just get everybody used to each other so that whenever it'll be uh, layton's numbers number 11 so whenever okay. he comes out um that way we can hit full stride and and be competitive right out of the box so is that going to be something that you're part owner of or is that nah, I won't uh, now Layton wants me to be part owner of it and whatnot and and I told him I said no disrespect I said but I already have a sprint car team I have a full what I gotcha. could go race whenever I I mean if I wanted to like do some push to shove I could possibly try and run a lot of the outlaw races but any race parts uh, keeps me a little bit busy so I don't uh, it always cuts into my schedule um, um, but yeah I mean I, I would actually like to go run the world of outlaws for one year, um, you know, just being a crew chief and, and, uh, and not having to worry about paying the bills, just be the guy that uh, just has to worry about winning races to keep a job. Yeah. So do you think that's possibly in your future of a chance where you I think we're, uh, I think we're uh, going to try and do it for next year. Okay, cool. And you've got the business set that you'll be all right to, to head out on the road. I th yeah. I mean, we're working on all those uh, issues and whatnot. I mean, there might be a, 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 you know, sometimes where I can't go because things yeah. didn't work out for any race parts and I have to be here, but um, that is, that is what we're pushing for. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So going back to drivers, you, you've worked with a lot of seasoned veterans that, you know, like you talked about Paul McMahon, Joey Saldana, Shane Stewart, guys that were out of rides and just needed a part-time deal and had a lot of success with them. But you've also worked with the young guys. You mentioned Buddy, Gio, um, Spencer Baston, I, I think you've worked with, and Parker yep. Price Miller. Uh, mm -hmm. What is it like, or which do you prefer working with? You've got to have the young, hungry kids or the veterans that are still trying to prove their point, yeah. or is there really no difference? You know, it's funny, um, you know, like, and this is no disrespect to anyone, but you like Shane and, you know, Shane, I think is a good racer. He's definitely a good racer, you know, but he knew that he was getting ready to go be a promoter and, you know, whatever. And so like, I don't want to say he wouldn't take the risks, but if he had a fifth place car, he was probably going to run fifth, you know, where, um, and even Gio was to that nature of like, in his mindset, I'm not going to rip this thing in half because obviously Gio at the end of the day would have to, he had to work on the car also. Um, um, you know, but you could like, I watched Buddy and I think to myself, wow, 
this kid just absolutely stands on the hammer and uh, he's got a 14th place car, but he might run 18th because he's just trying to get to 13th, um, which I, I do, you know, I like that because, you know, that's just that extra effort. It, like uh, um, Saturday night um, uh, when he got passed and he got shuffled around and then he just kept running harder and harder. And he told me the last five laps or so he ran the thing about wide open. Um, I don't want to tell, uh, I don't want to tell Charlie Garrett that cause he gets, uh, he doesn't get very excited about that, but, um, um, Charlie does, uh, I took uh, buddy to Charlie's, uh, I think for the icebreaker, we, uh, I introduced him to him and Charlie, he's old school. And, uh, he's like, he doesn't get too excited about young drivers. Yeah. He, he didn't, he did not want me to run geo. And then, uh, geo, obviously we went well with Charlie's motor. So then geo became a hero and, and, uh, <laughs> Charlie, he really likes buddy a lot. He's just, he's a young, he's got, he's a young polite kid and really stands on the gas. So, I mean, at the end of the day, ultimately probably uh, in a, in an honest answer, I guess whatever scenario I have working at the time, that's yeah. what I deal with. And, you know, like, and I mean, like I said, I could, you know, Shane gums and runs for me. I could, uh, I could go win races with Shane again, Joey, whoever. Yeah. It's well, funny. Uh, I, a lot of people don't know, but Kyle Larson actually drove for me once. And uh, we went to the Lima for the Brad Doty cla uh, classic. And we were absolutely terrible. Like we missed the show. And uh, wow. I, uh, every now and then, uh, every now and then I say to Kyle, I was like, man, you got to give me another shot. Cause we were terrible that night. That was just a bad, bad showing right there. He just, and he just chuckles about it. You could just make him, you can make him feel bad and be like, look, all these other drivers are did well in my car. All the races you won. <laughs> oh gosh. I was actually going to mention Kyle Larson. Cause he years ago uh, we had him on the show and asked him, you know, who do you see coming along? And one of the people he said, or actually the only person he said was Buddy Kofoid. And this was years mm -hmm. ago. And I think Buddy was still racing outlaw cards, maybe even at the time. And, and he called him as like the next big thing. So it's cool mm -hmm. to see the success you're having with him. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, that, uh, I think Buddy will be successful just because he has a good presence of car. Like he just, he understands what's underneath him. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, I got, I, I'm excited to go race. I, I would really like to go race this weekend, but I think it's actually going to snow. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, but I think next weekend he's running a pavement late model. Then he races uh, midgets at Kokomo. Then he's running uh, the truck race at Bristol, I think. Um, and then he does midgets again after that at Port City. And I told Brad, I'm like, wow, we get five weeks off now. I said, I'm going to be very disappointed. I said, I can actually catch up on doing stuff, but I said, I'd actually rather he like, cause sometimes I can be uh, just down and out and like, oh, I'm selling everything. I'm just over it. And it's too, it's too much work. And then somebody like buddy comes along and, and you have success and he's passing cars and, and you're just like, wow, I wonder if we could race seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. That's mm -hmm. how the sport goes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the million dollar question has always been, what do you think, or, or what attributes do you think make a good race car driver? Like, obviously we're talking about buddy and, and you just said how much he excites you being in your car. What are, what are those attributes that are they, um, the ability to slow down time and, and to be precise? Um, or is it the aggressiveness? I mean, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on what makes a really great race car driver and how do you, are those things that you can see? um, when you're thinking about who you're going to put in your car? Um, I don't know, you know, there's like, there's many different ways you can look at it. You know, yeah. like if like a Joey or a Shane or whoever you're more than likely, you know, that they're, yeah. they're going to be fast, but they're not going to rip the front end out of your car. 
because they're older and they don't want to crash and they don't want to feel it you know, yep. for three weeks. Um, then you have a buddy or a geo, whoever they're just on the hammer, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to the front, you know, and, 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 uh, and they might rip it in half, but, um, usually when they rip it in half, they pop out of it, walk back to the trailer and go, Oh man, I, sorry, I screwed your stuff up, but Hey, we'll just go get them again tomorrow. So it's really, it just goes back to that, you know, like, um, I don't know. You It's just, uh, it's just something you have to feel with a guy. I mean, yeah. you know, no disrespect to Spencer, Spencer drove for me last year and, and like we just didn't seem to like he did drive for me the year before and we were we were successful and then last year to begin we just I don't know something wasn't clicking and we just weren't like um it wasn't I don't know I just didn't have excitement to go to the racetrack and and I told him I'm like man if you can go drive the McGee car or whatever just go do yeah. that and um and so that's what he did it's just uh I sometimes some of my issue is that um I become really busy at the shop and yeah. I still think I want to try and go race. And I know I don't have time to do it. So then I really just get down and out and I'm mad at myself because I'm, I'm half-assing at the shop and half-assing going racing and, and, and it just doesn't work out. Um, you know, with, with buddy, uh, with buddy, um, I don't know. I just get excited. And I told my wife, I'm, I, she works uh, for the Indianapolis motor speedway. And I told her uh, the other day, um, I think after Lincoln, I talked to her, I said, Hey, you should just quit your job and work at Indy race parts full time. And then I'll just go race full time. <laughs> that doesn't pay the bills very well, but that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. How'd that go mm. over? Um, she said, yeah, I'll do it. But how do we pay our bills? And I'm like, ah, we could get by for at least a year before they come and <laughs> repo all of our stuff. <laughs> all right. So you've got the race team in the shop, but you also do some promoting. I, I follow you uh, on social media, saw your stuff about what you're doing at Terre Haute. So as yep. if you weren't busy enough, now you're doing some promotion too. Well, and, and, and we did that and, uh, and, uh, uh, Scott and myself, more Scott than me. Uh, we have a, we bought a brand new Longhorn dirt late model with a Cornette motor too. Just, really? you know, cause you yeah, were just, Yes. Well, and everybody's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, dirt late model suspension intrigues me. So yeah. um, that's the, the main reason why I am uh, in, uh, in intrigued with doing that. But yeah, it's uh, the, the Terre Haute thing. I think it, uh, it should be a lot of fun. You know, like uh, I unfortunately have not been there because I've been going to Pennsylvania to race and Scott's <laughs> been going down there on the weekends and working, but um, uh it should be, uh, it should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I mean, they're doing a lot of work. My wife has been down there many times. Um, and so, uh, I think that it should be a lot of fun to, to try and bring it back. And it, we're trying to, um, so we're going to put like a little bar area in the infield. Um, I think, and then, uh, or we are, and then at the other end towards, I think turn three, I, I decided it was going to uh, put like a little playground in to try and bring back the 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 lure of the infield you go to williams yep. grove or lincoln or port and the infield is just where it's at like, there might be 10 people in the grandstands but there's five thousand people in the infield yeah. and i'm just like we just need to we need to bring back the infield um you know just to keep people interested they can all hang out drag their coolers in there and they can go down there and watch their kids play on the playground or they can go sit in the bar area and have a drink or or whatever we're just uh we're just trying to to go that direction just to make everything um you know more like make it a hangout so to say yeah, yeah making an experience not just an event yes mm -hmm. so bernie i don't want to keep you too much longer but final final question when you look down the road, say five years, what would be, what would, what would your world look like? Would it be more 
um, World of Outlaws? Would it be more promotion? Would it be racing some some late models? What well, what would you <laughs> like to have, see long term future? Uh, I uh, my wife gets mad at me because she's always mad because I don't plan anything, and I always tell her I said when you plan something you're just disappointing yourself or someone because plans always change. So I really, honestly, I probably couldn't give you an answer for that because um, I could tell you all, I want to go run the world of outlaws and try and win a championship. It, but, but probably in another month or so, I could take that dirt late model out and maybe run in the top three or something and go, Oh, screw sprint cars. I'm going late model racing. <laughs> um, yeah, I honestly, I don't know. Um, uh, I just, I probably, I probably overdo and get myself into way too many things. Um, I have met, uh, at the end of the day, I have people that call me almost every single day wanting to rent a sprint car ride. And, and I feel bad whenever I can't do it just because I got too many things going on. Um, and so there are a couple of people that I have made a couple of deals with where, yeah, I'll rent you a ride. Let's let me work out when I can do it and whatnot. Um, and so I just, uh, my wife, her name's Betsy and, and, uh, she gets mad at me. She just, we were on our way to get something to eat last night and she's like you just have too many things going on you got to cut back you're going to kill yourself overworking yourself and uh and i said but that's i said i i have to stay busy because i said if i if i sit at home and watch tv all i'm thinking about is what what could i be doing i could be this yeah. i could be that and whatever and i said i just uh i have to i just have to stay busy yeah so do you have a driver for the late model um probably since god is more involved in it uh, Parker will, uh, Parker will initially get to drive it. And, Very cool. and I, uh, I told Parker, I said, until you rip the quarter panels off of it and I have to fix them, then we're finding somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those fenders you got to watch out for. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Bernie, we thank you so much for, for joining the podcast today. Uh, we wish yep. you all, all the luck in the world. And it was really neat to get to know you. Like I said, I'm not at the track all that much, but I also feel like you're one of those guys you hear a lot about, but I've never had the chance to really chat with you. So sure. I appreciate sure. it. Yep. Thank you for having me on. And whenever you're at a race, just come by and, uh, and say hi. Will do for sure. Thank you. All right. Yep. Thank you. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper to bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.